1: Hey, what's up? Welcome to The Mitchin. We are a weekly food podcast, usually coming out of Sydney, but today I'm in Melbourne. My name is Andrew Levins, regular host of The Mitchin. Mitch Orr is in Sydney, uh, alone and cold, uh, just <laughs> dying of the news that, uh, that, 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 uh, that, that that we learnt last night. That You know what? I don't need to get political. It's a fucking food podcast. <laughs> but uh, Mitch is cold. That's all you need to know. Um, last night I got very, very drunk, and uh, I am i'm hungover now and i know that there's been abundance of drunk mitchin episodes this is maybe the first ever hungover episode and uh, there's no better place that i'd rather be with this hangover than the very sunny bar liberty on johnson street in melbourne um i drank here last night uh, excessively excessively <laughs> well we were mourning the loss of of civil liberties at a place called bar liberty um <laughs> And uh, I'm I'm back I'm back in the uh, back in the, in in the, in, a, in a table at Bar Liberty with uh, two of the current, two of the owners of Bar Liberty, um, someone I've known for quite a while, someone who I've just met, kind of when I've been here. Um, I have uh, the restaurant manager Michael Bicetta. Biscetta. Hey, Biscetta, Biscetta, we get there, Biscetta. Buschetta. Buschetta. <laughs> <laughs> and, bruschetta. And uh, the first ever beverage manager that we've ever had on the podcast, Banjo Harris Playing. <laughs> um, welcome to the Mitchin. Thank you. Which is the old restaurant now. So this is the official Mitchin recording studio. Can we change um, the name? Yeah. Bar Mitchin? Bar Mitchin. Bar Mitchin. <laughs> Doesn't quite have no, the same right. ring to it. Um, so you guys opened Bar Liberty, what? Two years ago? No, 11, uh, yeah. about a year and a bit ago, yeah? Yeah, yeah less, yeah. Than, that, less, eight, less than, eight, than that. Nine months ago. Nine months. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beginning so of this new, year, February. Man, that's wild.
2: It seems like we've been here forever. It does, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm familiar, Banjo, with, with uh, you, your, your background. Um, I think I first met you when you were head familiar at Attica. Yep. Um, a, a title which uh, you won many awards for over the years, at the age and uh, at the various food awards. Do you want to take a second? Oh.
2: All good. Who, who who we go? A man with a beard waving at me through the front door. <laughs> um... Sorry, that man was Jared Kerwood from uh, Chapter Wines. He makes some really delicious wines, but his uh, organisational skills are fairly lacking. <laughs> not <Just> not <laughs> on point. Let the record state that it's 1.30 and we had a two, two, two o'clock appointment. It's the first time he's ever been early. <laughs> let let the record state that you uh, told me to come here at twelve, and I got <laughs> drunk and forgot. I <laughs> <laughs> got here at quarter past one. That's also true. So, let's not cast any stones. Uh, Introducing Michael. Yes. Yeah, so, yes, I used to work at Attica, and. Whilst I was there, Michael uh, became, were you the first First, stagiaire? First stagiaire for front of house. First front of house stagiaire at Attica. Um, And so he staged with us for a few months. And then he did pretty well as a stagiaire. He didn't drop anything. He polished all the cutlery really nicely. Uh, He was nice to the guests. And so we offered him a job and he took the job. And I think he worked there for three and a half years Starting as a waiter on the floor, really got into booze, uh, worked on the wine team. And then for the last year and a bit, he was the assistant manager. So we worked together pretty closely. Um, and yeah, just became became friends. And when we both left, we decided that we'd like to do something together again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, was that, Michael, that was your, your first ever role in the restaurant scene, was at Attica? No, no. so I... Grew up just outside of the Yarra Valley and worked in wineries and
3: uh, brewery. Uh, then headed over to, to London for a year. Uh, worked to, with David Thompson at Nam mm-hmm. uh, before he closed out and opened Bangkok. Um, in that process, I came back to Melbourne and I, I learned about Attica whilst I was away. And For me, it was like the place that I had to work if I was coming back home, if it was anywhere. Um, and when I got back, I was working in the Yarra Valley full time and had three days up my sleeve as well um so i went and did two nights a week at attica staging and sort of fell in love with the place and sort of went from there
1: it's really cool so attica will always like pretty much it's a, it's a given that it gets the, the you know the best restaurant in australia nod whenever one is available mm. um were you guys working there before did it kind of it, like you know it was accepted that that would just be the norm or, or was it kind of growing when you when you guys started there
2: Uh, Yeah, it was certainly growing. Mm. I I feel like we were there for a really really strong part of it. But, um, uh, yeah, so when I started in 2011, it had already won Best Restaurant in Victoria once and was starting to build Mm. a really serious profile overseas. Um, It had already made the top 100 list for the World's 50 Best uh, once, which was really really massive and ben had been speaking overseas at a couple of food conferences um but it was still a really small restaurant like mm. it never had a lot of money uh, it's not it, it wasn't backed by like a big group there wasn't like millions of dollars behind it it was a small restaurant in a suburb called rip and lee it's like 15 minutes from the cbd there, everything was humble and hands-on and Blah
1: blah blah blah. So Is Ripon Lee known for anything else besides having Attica in it? Like it's known for having all the Jews in it. It's like <laughs> it's, it's Jewish, Jewish capital. ground zero. Um it's Hasidic Jew
2: ground zero for Melbourne. You see the insane big black velvet hats and the kiss curls and uh you walk down there on a Saturday and it's a ghost it's town. Right. for for Shabbat all the all the stores are closed. Um most of the other eateries along the street that Attica is on are kosher right um, there's a little like food grocery store about three doors down from the restaurant that probably hasn't changed in about 25 years it's like just a mess <laughs> there's a, a family working in there it's the cheapest shop in the world it's a it's a really bizarre little kind of square kilometer that that part It's own
3: little world in Melbourne I yeah. grew up just outside of Melbourne and hadn't Never heard of the suburb. Yeah. When I went and had the interview with Banjo, yeah. I literally had to look at it like where the where it was openly. And when I got to the, the street, I walked past I was on the wrong side of the road, but I walked past the restaurant twice until I realised I was like standing right in front like it was right in front of me. It's really inconspicuous and just it's a really strange street.
2: It's really but, weird. There's also another the only other place you can kind of go and eat and drink on <laughs> on Claremont Road. What's it called? Um <laughs> I can't remember the There's a bar. Like diagonally across from the restaurant, I can't remember what it's called, but I distinctly remember the first time I had dinner at Attica before I worked there, and so the live bird, the live, the live, live bird, like, yeah. Bar. So it's a live music venue, it's amazing dive bar kind of thing. <laughs> and so I was with two mates. I was still living in Sydney, and we'd flown to Melbourne for the weekend to eat at all these shit hot restaurants, uh, and Attica was on the list. And so we got to the street like about forty five minutes before our booking. Thinking, coming from Sydney, that Melbourne's like got lots of cool little bars, and there'll surely be somewhere to have a drink at the restaurant. We get to this street, and there's like I just described—guys in yeah. huge hats, like rabbis out of out of like Brooklyn, basically walking up and down the street. And we're like, "What the fuck's going on?" We see this bar. We walk in there. The bar is empty. We're all like wearing suits. The dude behind the bar doesn't have a shirt on, drinking <laughs> <He's laughs> bourbon. And he's like, eh? i like, "What do you want?" And we just ordered three beers and kind of sat in the corner, slugging <laughs> nervously, wondering where the fuck we were. It's a very, it's a very strange part of town.
1: Does uh, does Attica offer a kosher menu? <laughs> <laughs> no, that
2: I. But I, I, I heard that they've recently put on a little something on the menu that's like a. Chicken soup yeah. flavored kind of pie or something
1: as a much you know, kind of yeah, yeah as an homage to to what's going on around them yeah that's classic yeah so but yeah, yeah sorry um well I was going to say like you know Attica yeah you you guys kind of saw you, you were there when when it kind of peaked as like you know as it just the guaranteed always was going to be the best restaurant yeah voted and, and and awarded in in Australia um what was it what was it like kind of in your positions, I mean, especially, you know, the front of house. I mean, people go on and on, and on about the, the dining experience at Attica, mm. and the food is is incredible. It's it's great, and it's you know a testament to to everything that that, that Ben Shuri does. Like you know, but so much of the the, the dining experience comes from the front of house there. Like yeah. I think Attica more than any, any other restaurant. Um, was there like you know was it a lot of pressure? Kind of, it was a huge amount. It's you having people
3: call up on reservation day when we'd open three months in advance and the the tables or two would book out in, you know, four minutes, five minutes and then it would sort of peter out from there and we'd be done within a couple of hours. And people would try and do this month after month after month and we have people waiting, you know, over a year more to, to get into this this one restaurant. And that's where the expectation sort of begins and if they've waited so long for a table and they finally get in you just imagine how big that expectation is and trying to meet that is an incredibly hard challenge like every night having for us it's normal we're there five days a week but most likely those people are coming in for the first time it'll be the last time so we've got you know a three and a half four hour window to to make it yeah, the yeah. best dining experience and, of their yeah. life and it's not their best experience of their life right. then we're failed yeah, you're the
1: first person you guys are the first people what well, would have been the first people to hear about it too like mm. if, if mm. anything didn't make their their expectations they got a complaint. exactly yeah. and yeah. so yeah. Did, did you guys get like a, lot, a couple a lot of like flack or any or is I don't think so I mean yeah there's always there's always
2: issues mm. like any restaurant there's always people who, who say something but I think one of the benefits for any front of house team working in a high level restaurant like that is that it's so easy, to, not not so easy, but it's easier to do your job well when the food coming out of the
1: kitchen is at, at such a high
2: level. People have got less to complain about mm. when it's
1: a really strong overall package. Yeah. So Bar Liberty is uh, uh, like decidedly a, a lot more casual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <than> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know, you you have an unbelievable um, list of drinks on offer and some and some great food too. What was the kind of, uh, you know, when did you guys start discussing as people were both working at the same restaurant that maybe it was time to, like, you know, do something of your own?
2: We both uh, finished at Attica not quicker than we planned to, but from when we decided we were going to leave to... When we actually left was a a short space of time. Attica went through a bit of an upheaval uh, in terms of a change of ownership, Mm -hmm. Uh, and so Michael and I ended up leaving within a few months of each other. And at the time, we hadn't discussed it at all. No plan. Michael was opening his own cafe. I've got uh, a wine distribution business, and we were kind of both focusing on our our own things. But obviously, we were keeping in touch. And it was after we left that we started bouncing ideas around. Uh, And we knew Manu from Rockwell and Sons anyway because he actually worked at Attica when I first started there. So he was doing a couple of nights on the floor. So there was a pretty good connection already. Um, And we, we hoped that we could kind of... When we were throwing these ideas around, we kind of thought, why can't we do a place that's got a really strong focus on booze, like cool, interesting, accessible booze, tasty food without being overly complicated but still have a high level of service. Mm. So, you know, there are little things that we would do on the floor at Attica that we still do here. And I, I hope that the service that we managed to rock out is, yes, casual and pretty laid back, mm. but I don't think people want for much when they come in here. I, I hope so. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because I feel like, and this is me. I mean, I'm 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 always admitting my ignorance on things, no. and I'm in no way instigating <laughs> it, yeah. an argument between us. But like, I feel like there is Melbourne is lacking in the the mid range kind of casual stuff, offering interesting food, and especially when it comes to, to booze. Am I am I wrong in thinking? No, nah, that? man, that's yeah, it's yeah true.
2: so true, and yeah. it's hilarious when I moved from Sydney to Melbourne. It was almost the other way yeah, around. And I felt that five yeah, years yeah. ago. Six or seven years ago in yeah. Sydney, Sydney had all these three hat restaurants and it had like the best Thai food and like cheapies, the best fucking the best yum cha and all of this, but was lacking the middle and yet mm. you came to Melbourne and you could go it's somewhere and get a great flipped. bowl of pasta and, yeah. and an interesting glass of Italian wine or blah la blah, blah. and then within five years it flipped, you know, like places like Acme and Esther and uh, Automata Like places where you can go And spend a hundred bucks Or a hundred and fifty bucks And just get blown away Yeah Suddenly yeah. popped up in Sydney Definitely. Like 10 William Street Was a prime example 10 William Street Opened after I left Sydney Love Tilly Divine Opened like A month before I left mm-hmm. And it was just at this time When it was all of a sudden These cheap Casual interesting places Were opening in Sydney And Melbourne started to lose it Yeah Melbourne just lost the Creativity Yeah I think a big part of that is How you say it
3: had or well, sydney still does have that big top end and you have all these younger chefs coming through and when they when they leave just like how we left attica you want to open a place and it you want it to be your your own sort of take on you want what it to be somewhere worked. where you want to go yeah. exactly so yeah. when you have yeah. that big crop of chefs that have worked in amazing places they're going to open that middle rung place mm-hmm. whereas in melbourne we don't have that top end uh, anywhere near as much as in sydney yeah, fuck! I was I was gearing up
1: for an
2: argument to send. I thought you were
3: like,
1: yeah, you <laughs> got it wrong, no, You're no, sure man. I'm, sick, wrong. I'm
2: totally with you. Like, not to, I mean, so that anyone from Melbourne listening to this doesn't come and shoot us in the next couple of days. I get abusive emails all the time. There way. are some <laughs> great mid-level places in Melbourne, but i they're not they're not cutting edge. They're safer. They're more traditional. They're m- yeah. more comforting. The food that they offer, the beverage selection that they offer, is not as contemporary. It's more in a Relaxed, comforting kind yeah. of kind of thing, and I don't think people have been pushing pushing the envelope in Melbourne for a while. Yeah, I thing, think they are safe, but
3: there's certainly a bunch of people in Melbourne that enjoy going to them.
2: Absolutely, hey man. I love just going to have yeah. a bowl of pasta every now and then, yeah, or a, sure. a steak there's or something. But a great dining city mm. offers everything. Like in in any in anything you talk about, you've got to have diversity, man.
1: So for those who haven't eaten or drunk at, uh, at Bar Liberty, what makes Bar Liberty cutting edge? Like, what are the things that you, you guys, that were really important for Bar Liberty to do when you opened? I think we tried to just, as
2: I just said, diversity. I think we tried to take an all-encompassing view. Like, too many times we'd both been to a cocktail bar that has great cocktails but you can't get a glass of wine to save your soul. Like mm. you, you look at the wine list and it's full yeah. of fucking Penfolds and wolf blasts. Or you go to a wine bar and you can't get okay. a beer. Like <laughs> a you, good beer, you, you can get a Peroni and that's it. Yeah. Or you or go, like four four lagers on the list. Yeah. It's like like it, how's it, that diversity? It seemed like people who were devoting all their energy to one particular facet of booze were just ignoring everything else. So we wanted to use the, the knowledge and the experience that we hopefully had and try and offer a little bit more. So we, we have a really strong beer list. Obviously, we've got a shitload of wine. Michael is responsible for all the cocktails, and we spend hours on batching the cocktails and make our own vermouth, make our own Amaro, and shit like that. Uh, we've got quite a few sakes. We've got fortified wines. You know, like It's about embracing the whole, the whole spectrum of yeah. the alcoholic beverage world. And certainly not about just, like, ticking the boxes. We have a, a cocktail list. We
3: have this now. We have that. It's about making each one as interesting as the wine list because, like, people will coin us as a wine bar. We, When we first opened, we called ourselves an alcohol bar for that sort of... That reason. F- that reason yeah. of, like, we believe in each of these products equally and not one of these products doesn't override the other.
1: Yeah, so when when you uh, when you sit down at Bar Lib uh, in the front part, one of the first bar things... Bar Lib. Hashtag Balib that yeah. yeah. <laughs> No one's ever called it that before, but oh, I like really? it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. A brief. Um, <laughs> um, one of the first things that, 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 that you that will happen is uh, banjo or whoever's working on the, on the floor will, will wheel over a, a globe of the world and uh, open it up, and there'll be you know, three great starting beverages. I feel like that's like the most Melbourne thing about Fire yeah. <laughs> I like if you did that in Sydney you'd get punched in the face <laughs> like, what the fuck is like this you, you asshole <laughs> yeah. but uh, I, I love like that was like actually just uh, for, for someone like me that like you know I don't know which wines I like I just know that I like them when I drink them yeah and for like when I, when you opened that globe, I, the first time I came here, I came here with people that had brought me down to DJ at a club and they're like, where do you want to go for dinner? I'm like, part Liberty. <laughs> and, uh, you opened up that globe and like described the three beverages. What was like a, a, a rose, a sparkling and a, um, a cider or, a, or, or something like that. And, uh, you described all of the, all the drinks, and the guys I was dining with were like, "Oh, can we?" D-? And you're like, "Which one would you like?" And he was like, "Can we all have th- all of them?" <laughs> <laughs> so immediately, yeah, it's that place where you you, you know you, you have three glasses of of stuff in front of you yeah. straight away. Yeah, and yeah. What? Um, where did the globe come from? I, I love
3: the it. Uh, well, banjo has a smaller version of the globe at his house, <laughs> and when we was discussing about opening Bar Liberty, it, we, I was on his couch, we we're having a beer. And I looked at him like, man, it'd be cool if you could do something with this. And we started talking about it. It's like, man, it's got wheels, like, why can't we just take it to the table? And traditionally it doesn't hold ice. So we sort of we found one on the wonderful world of ebay, uh, at it and in Mornington, someone had it for like $200.
1: <laughs> what do you and do with the one at your house, Bench? Do you like have someone sleep over it and like in the morning you wheel, you wheel it over? Bacon? <laughs> in oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I
2: was that creative. No, it sits in the corner. It's full of like whiskey and spirits and stuff, yeah. which I, I think is what they traditionally use for. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, just, we just gutted it and found a perfect bowl for it. And
3: yeah, yeah. It it's stick. suddenly working. And we had a little collab with uh, Black Pearl on Monday night uh, a few days ago. What's Black Pearl? Uh, it's a cocktail bar just around the corner from us. It's, it's
1: the worst Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> the yes. <laughs> uh,
3: it's one of the best cocktail bars in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and they took over our bar and made a bunch of drinks using lots of wine that, uh, that we use and our vermouth and things like that. It was really awesome. cool. Uh, but for that night, we, they have a globe as well, bigger than ours. It was really cool. And they brought theirs here as well. And we had a massive block of ice in it. And we we're serving celery punch out of it. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun.
2: We, the, I think we mentioned before we have another partner in the business. His his name's Manu. He only works a few nights a week on the floor but whenever he does and he's in charge of the globe he'll often wheel it over the table and there'll just be like five different beers. Yeah. <laughs> so, so can. It's non-prescriptive. You, if you're in charge of the globe you can put really whatever you want in it. So It's quite funny. You're Just the bill. Yeah.
1: So I want to take it back to Attica just quickly because yeah. I've eaten there three times once when I'm pretty sure both of you were, were there mm. um, maybe twice even but more recently I, I, ate, there, I ate there this year and uh, I think that was when, when you guys were working there that was probably my first introduction to the idea of natural wines and, and I think Vangel you're probably the first person to ever describe what one was to me mm. uh, how, okay. however long ago or what it was, yeah, five cool. years ago or something mm-hmm. like that and uh, I, I, it was like one of the first pairings I ever did, and you know all that kind of thing. Like, it was like a big impact on yeah, me. Yeah, um, cool. In fact, Mitch, 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 and I came down to Melbourne five or six years ago to see Lil Wayne <laughs> <laughs> because he wasn't doing a Sydney show. But then he cancelled his shows, so we got oh, the, we got fuck. the refund of tickets, and we were like, "Well, what the fuck are we going to do you now?" Spending on dinner. And, he, and, and, and so yeah, he, he texted you. You managed yeah, to get us a spot, cool, and we came to, to Attica. Nice. Um, and it was a. I'd never had a dining experience like, like that before. Yeah, so I was cool. like, you know, and, and my wife is immediately jealous and I had to come back you know, <laughs> a couple of months later and we, and yeah. we went again. Um, but more recently when I was there, and this is no slight on what Attica do. It's, you know, it's still an incredible place to eat. Obviously, it deserves mm. the att- accolades it, do, it does. But the one moment of the night that I was like, oh, was that they now offer a... Um, so it used to just be like a set menu with set wines. So yeah. Offer You can have a local pairing. An international pairing, or like a deluxe pairing, and like yeah. which is you know in theory it's awesome because you yeah. know it's all there's, always, there's if, if you were someone that, you know goes there often you can you can, you can you can you can mix it up. But for me, I, you know, as someone that like you know we went just before we had our second child, it's probably not going to be able to go back for a long while. Yeah. I was like, oh no, I just want the best thing, which is the best <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, uh, and this is not an opportunity to like no, of course not.
2: I guess it's just a difference of approach, you know, like when when I was there and I still think if I was cast back into a fine dining setting, that's the way I'd still approach it. I think um, the Attica is a chef-driven restaurant, so the yep. the dishes come first. Uh, once those dishes are created, I, I believe that it's the sommelier's job to try and find, hopefully, one beverage that matches really beautifully as as perfectly as possible in aroma texture flavour temperature you know acidity everything if you can find something that really harmonises with the dish and hopefully makes uh, something greater than th- the two separately then that should be what you serve with it uh, but there's, there's plenty of, of restaurants and it, it sounds like that's what they're doing at Attica now where they offer different uh, different levels of pairing and that's a just a different approach I guess you know it's a, a fin- there's financial reasons to do that there's um, you know when when Michael and I were there people would complain about the pairing sometimes yeah. they're like oh we don't want to drink international wines what? because we're we're from overseas so we only yeah. want to drink Australian stuff but you've got a couple of French wines on there like I, I am French I don't want to drink those French wines sure. or, the, or the inverse Yeah, like but Australians come in saying I don't, I don't want, want to drink Australian wine. wine what are you <laughs> doing I just want to drink <laughs> French wines <Yeah. laughs> and they're like We'd have beer, and we'd have sake, and we'd have vermouth. And people were like, no, I just want to drink wine. Like, yeah, it's a wine right. pairing. Yeah. So whatever we did, like, it was never perfect. It, it was some people that came in and said, that was fucking innovative, and that was really tasty, and I really, I really love what you're doing. And people would be saying, man, that last thing you gave me was undrinkable. Yeah. It's uh, a yeah, difference actually, of a I, I didn't
1: realize. I didn't think of it from that angle. For me, it was yeah. just like, I was like, no, I don't want choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people like that. They're like, man, your wine list has got
2: 500 wines on it. Just pick for me. Yeah. And that's part of what the wine pairing is. So, you know, that's where part of the joy of the wine pairing comes in, I guess, because it you, you takes the choice out of your hands and hopefully into the hands of someone who knows the food and the wine a little bit better.
1: I, I ended up going with the international pairing because I, I thought that, you mm. know, I, I would be able to drink things that I would never be able to drink again. Yeah. And how yeah. was it? Um, yeah. It was, um, they, they kicked off with an incredible South African wine. Cool. I wish I, sure I remembered the name of it. Yeah. But it was yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, cool, I made the right decision. The yeah. <laughs> rest will be fine. Yeah. Uh, are there, you know, were there things that you were able to access at Attica that you have trouble accessing now at Bar Liberty? Like, you know, from a... Beverage-wise. Uh, yeah, beverage-wise. I when think the- just price point-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can still access them. I think the, there's
2: some things that wine distributors don't want to offer to us anymore because we're, you know, we're a smaller fish now. Yep. But I think a lot of it's down to the skill and the passion of the sommelier like we Mm. we invest a lot of time uh, trying to find older older wines now so we've got a a couple of pages that only have things that are like 20 or or more years old so we buy from auction houses we buy from private sellers and stuff like that and hopefully can offer sort of old wines at relatively modest prices Um, yeah I, I think the access is pretty similar it's just we can't necessarily put bottles of wine on the list for 600 bucks because yeah. Yeah. whereas people yeah. might have gone to Attica and spent that money, they're not going yeah. to come to a wine bar in Fitzroy and spend that money. Yeah.
3: But then we're saying that we've found, since we've opened, we've sold a lot of really, really interesting stuff that we wouldn't move at Attica at all because half the restaurant Attica would do the wine pairing. So suddenly you've only got 50% of people that will actually buy a bottle. So you've got this massive cellar that sort of just sits there sometimes and there's bottles that are still there, I'm sure, that were there before Banjo got there or I got there Mm. uh, that just sort of
1: hang around. Waiting. Waiting. (laughs) Waiting Waiting for the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so on the food point of view at Bar Liberty, you guys have uh, your version of, I think, one of Sydney's most fantastic dishes, which is, I mean, it's not really, you know, a Sydney dish particularly, but I'm talking about the pippies, uh, Pippies. Pippies, exo-pippies. Yeah, cool. Golden Century. Golden Century go-to dish. Um, Except you guys... uh, um, you, you, it's like a very gingery exo sauce that you do it with here, and a quite a thinner, thinner sauce as well. Yeah, Absolutely. and then you have uh, like fried Chinese donuts yeah. to dunk it in. Um, it's a great dish. Thank you. Has it's, that been on the menu since it's, from the start? Day one. Yeah, day one. Yeah, yeah,
3: day it one, yeah. When we were in development stages of opening, I was saying to Casey, "I'd love to put a, a pippy dish on," and sort of started talking about it. And we uh, we basically. Uh, have a for people that haven't been here we've got a little board in the room that lists our favourite places uh, one of them Supper in uh, Ling Nam was up there or the other way around and for us it was one of those dishes that so many hospo people have at 2am with mm-hmm. many beers and many open bottles of wine and, and Casey sort of took that and started chatting to a few people and you know, started busting out ExoSauce and for, he, 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 I thought he was joking the other day. He said he was going to take it off, but I think it'd be a bit of an upheaval. <laughs>
1: um, so you would be changing the wine wine list pretty frequently, changing the you know the drinks certainly the drinks that you offer in the globe at the very least. Does mm. the food change as often as the drinks as well?
2: Almost, yeah. There'd probably be one dish that changes every two weeks. I would say on the menu, mm. sometimes more. Like today, we're changing three dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I think it's the kind of place where people expect to see something different. You know, you don't want to... There's a lot of people that live around here that come here semi-regularly, like to offer them some sort of
1: diversity. Because, yeah, I mean, the the, the challenge for you guys is... uh, Some people treat this as a bar, some people treat it as a... Hold up. Is 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 it a bar to you or a restaurant?
3: <laughs> we joke about this every night. Uh, th- we always catch ourselves at about eleven fifteen, uh, and the place will be he- heaving heaps of people standing and drinking. The music will be up. It'll be dark, and we're like, "Tonight we're a bar." But <laughs> the other
2: nights, everyone just comes in and has dinner, and is gone by eleven o'clock. Yes, yeah,
3: like, which case it's a, it's a restaurant. Like, Fuck, we're a restaurant.
2: So it's really I don't, uh, I don't know. It just, it's, not a
1: lot of consistency in that either. It's not really so. important, is it? No. no. It's not important
2: for us, but it seems to be important for a lot of people. You know, they're, they're asking, so, are you a bar or a restaurant? So, can I, can I do this? Like, it, there's very much a desire to pigeonhole it, yeah. whereas we're trying to leave it open-ended. Open, yeah. Despite and then, what people say. Yeah.
3: And We have a lot of people still coming in that have walked past a few times or have been here a few times and then say, I didn't even know you did food. It's like, fuck man, Like we have a massive menu, Like you can fucking eat here. And then we have other people come in, I have one guy come in uh, and wanting to order shots and his friend said, man, this is not the type of place you order shots. And I was (laughs) like, we have a shot list, like, (laughs) come on.
1: (laughs) What's on your shot list?
3: There's uh, there's bourbon out of a car, so these... uh, That's
1: right. Got these... Pretty cool. Oh, I gym, about that. I've always been so pissed when I come here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I think I spoke about this in the podcast a while ago. Yeah. yeah. We've we got
2: two cars. There's a Corvette 1984, red Corvette, and there's a Thunderbird from, I don't know, sometime in the 50s. And they were, they're hollow ceramic decanters that were made by Jim Beam in the late 70s and early 80s, and they sold mm-hmm. them full of bourbon. And we managed to pick a couple up on, on eBay again. Um, so the bourbon had been in those cars for 30 years and so it was like super sweet, slightly oxidised. <laughs> so we pour it out of there into shot glasses. So that's, uh, that's pretty that's cool. That's a highlight. That, that's one of the shots.
3: Another shot is uh, uh, House spice Rum. Really simple. Uh, then the last one is uh, Banjo Creation. So I'll let him talk about it. <laughs> I have a, no pride no like in this as well.
2: A shot. It's a wet pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a mixture of all the grossest things we could find, basically. It's oh, a, really? It's got absinthe mm. in it. It's got the most bitter Italian Amaro we could get our hands on. Uh, and it's got this cheap-ass, gross German gin in it. all mixed together. It's pretty horrible. Right. I think, yep.
1: I think you're about to get one. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I... um. <laughs> I was once uh, DJing at a bar in Canberra And the guy I was with was like Hey, I'll, I'll get you a shot And they do a shot at the bar Called an arse liquor, <laughs> <laughs> And it was just an unholy concoction of disgusting But probably more in like the uh, The Jager sphere Then topped with like Like uh, Like uh, Cayenne pepper It was so <laughs> fucking disgusting <laughs> This is pretty bad, I reckon Alright, I'm gonna drink episode. it live Do it uh, Oh Oh <laughs> Oh yeah, that sucks. <laughs> oh, the finish is okay. Yeah, yeah, the finish yeah. is the best. Bit. You can taste all three distinct components. Um Yeah, wow, that's a uh, that's something. Yeah. You've actually quite quite well uh, well well read and well drunk as when it comes to shit booze lately, Banjo, because yeah. I have been sharing the, such great articles and, uh, and and videos. Vice have been doing uh, was it two articles now that they've done? Yeah. Where they make you I'm drink sure. really cheap goon and then People apparently I'm, I'm a writer for, for The Herald Which is the, the Sydney's version of The Age um, The Fairfax paper And No matter what I write about There's always a fucking comment From someone That says like Oh how can you do a 10 best pizzas Or 10 best burgers and Or 10 include, ice creams yeah. And not include Aldi because Aldi do great pizza. Aldi do great, you know, like ice cream. Aldi do great foods. And so you actually got to, you, you were asked to review we Aldi's wine, Aldi
2: We right? did Aldi wine selection. There was, a, there was a wine show in Sydney a few months ago and a couple of the wines from Aldi did incredibly well. So these bottles that you can pick up for 4 or $5 at Aldi managed to win gold medals in this wine show. So we tasted a couple of them uh and basically the whole aim of the game was to taste them and then work out how much they cost and i got most of them wrong
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: how like are you, are you gonna do any more of those they're fucking great they're good aren't they i think
2: mm. uh the next one that we hope to do
1: is going to be sort of point out that you were just talking while holding the microphone to your <laughs> <I'm> eye <laughs> 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 sorry <laughs> I don't this microphone thing um
2: We suggested either doing a shit beer one, which I think is pretty obvious. Yeah. uh, Or another goon-esque kind of thing, like using gooning cocktails or something like that, but... Stay tuned. There are there yeah, are two BBC. very
1: regular, um, controversial topics that uh, get brought up on the Mitchin. We have uh, two people that write in two kinds of people that write in very angry emails um, and, and messages on, on on our pages. You can do the same, the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com or facebook.com slash the mitchin, if you're angry, or if you're happy to. <laughs> um, but uh, the first of which is uh, we give too much shit to cr- the craft beer scene. You've too much shit with craft beer. Isn't yeah. It's okay. in a really easy. Both of these are our, our, our easy targets. Yeah. <laughs> so our first easy target is craft beer. What are your thoughts on craft beer? It's uh, it's a funny one because I I know a lot of people have
3: really opposing views about it. Um, a lot of people that sort of profess uh, a love or or definitely a love for what people call natural wine, mm-hmm. uh, but then push uh, very commercial crappy beers on people that's me
1: that's and <laughs> that's for- me that's, that's that's everyone in sydney right? yeah <laughs> and for me they
3: don't, It doesn't make sense to have one without the other sure if you prefer a uh, love for uh natural wine as a lot of people call it uh why don't you like craft beer uh generally a lot a lot of people have similar thoughts across uh, across both beverages uh, and full disclosure, we do have one crappy beer on because people want to drink it. Uh, but then we've got you know twenty other beers as well. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting uh, thing to to look at, where uh, all these bars are opening, and as Ben said before, uh, with these amazing wine lists, and then have you know two lagers on. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it's it's so shit. It's so I'm I'm not as diplomatic as Michael. I love craft beer. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Mike Benny. Fuck you, Tristan Haybeck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think was thinking that was it, it's a cool. It. <laughs> it's become cool to like shit beer. It's like. Going out and buying cheap clothes from the op shop and fucking wearing thongs when you've got twenty k in your bank account,
1: like somewhere in Sydney, three men with beards just started crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good. <laughs> I, good, I, good, tears of joy. I just can't understand it. It. Like, it. it's
2: it's just the worst. It's the
1: worst. Oh man, talk on, man. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah, I, 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 please, because I'm I'm certainly in, in in the camp that you're against. Okay, so so enlighten me. What what what's what's why am I, why why should I not be I don't know. Like, what, 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 what am I not? What am I doing wrong that has me, like, compl- not not against, but like, I just it doesn't appeal to me at all.
2: So, first of all, there's a misconception that all craft beer is insanely hoppy and just smells like mm. marijuana or baby vomit or something, something gross. This is completely not true. The, the range of beers that are labelled as craft beers is huge and the flavour sure. diversity yeah. mm-hmm. is really interesting and enormous and continues to grow and a lot of them are very refreshing and delicious and light and lower in alcohol. The second thing is that t- drinking the, the shit beers, the mass-produced industrial commercial beers, is the equivalent of going to McDonald's and considering it a, a fine meal. You love to eat. You love delicious food. Mm. There are some uh, things that you wouldn't eat. I was just, I, don't, I don't know. Do you go to Mac as much? Uh, I've got a kid, so no. But before I had a kid, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, think, I think you're doing the right thing for your kid. And I think it's time that you did the right thing for yourself. <laughs> Went to the bottle shop and tried to order some interesting beers. Speak to someone oh, who no, no. sounds like they know what they're
1: doing. And... I, I do. No, I I, I have an interest. I think it's just like the, it's the the... That hoppy beer that, mm. that that you that you said that you know all craft beers are not that is at least in Sydney in the kind of you know the the, the big wave of popular craft beer movement mm. like they all seem to be extremely hoppy yeah, especially yeah. The, like the beers that champion like craft beer craft beer I, I just if there's if there's a better term that we should use to describe what we don't like I'm all I'm open for it because I, like, yeah. I, I I actually have had stacks of what you would call craft beers that I yeah. fucking loved mm. you know and we and we rave about sour beer all the time yeah, yeah absolutely and uh, for me, I, I, I think it's just that that disgusting, bananay hoppy, hoppy yeah. beer. That's the thing, man. That, like, that, and they, and that you know, I think a lot of us had like the you know, our local pubs suddenly got rid of the really really easy refreshing drinks that you want to yeah. have at the end of the day, and would only have these fucked beers on tap. You know, and I had, yeah. we had a similar thing, and that's in,
2: just as bad as having like five peron- five different peroni's, that exactly, have different For sure. labels. Like yeah, it's yeah. like anything. Like in the wine scene, people say, ah, oh, all natural wines are shit. Like. There are shit natural wines, and there are shit conventional wines. Yeah. There are shit craft beers, and there are good craft beers. Like, there's too much labelling and separation. We're not yeah. a bar or a restaurant. We're both. Like, <laughs> fucking stop pigeonholing it yeah. and just enjoy yeah. it for yeah. what it is. I I've just got to take two minutes and do a wine appointment because you were running late. Yeah, it's I'm, my I'm fault. I'm it's come straight totally, back. totally fine. Yeah, no yeah. So I think, yeah, man. I fucking hate hoppy beers.
3: I hate them. And for a while, I was a little bit unsure about craft beer as well. Um, when I was living in London, in particular, and that's the way it was going over there. And when I got back here, like the whole IPA thing was in full swing.
1: That's a bit that for me. That's the biggest thing is like that 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 IPA is the go to craft beer. Yeah, that that's I've had, thought, I've had yeah. very few IPAs that I didn't spit out. Yeah,
3: and they, that's yeah, yeah. We have I've a few friends outside of the industry that they profess love craft beer and the, that's the beer of choice is like IPA IPA and for me trying to get away from that was was fucking hard because like you go to general, like normal pubs and that as you say like all those easy drinking beers are gone and super hobby beers take their place um and they're all the same. In, in my mind, they were. Um, and it wasn't until I started learning about things like sour beer, and suddenly you've got a beer with balance. <laughs> it's like it's got acidity, it's got flavor, <laughs> and it's still got uh, a richness to it as well. And it's just a, a beer that's refreshing
1: and, and really tasty. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on IPAs now? Now that you're
0: Oh
3: uh... uh, It's more. There's still so many out there that I would never touch if I went to a bottle shop. Just because I don't like the taste of just hops, mm-hmm. um, whereas now the hops of people are using hops in different ways and more restrained, and you're getting like a hopped pilsner, like something with plenty of freshness and also flavour. Sure. So just getting that balance right. And
1: it's that, but that fruity taste. That's what yeah. I, I never want fruit near my beer. But well, that's it. I, I love sour beer. So yeah, I, know, yeah. I, I, I I contradict myself constantly on this podcast. <laughs> 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 no,
3: but like. Uh, as soon as you put fruit, when you talk about fruit and sour beers, you, you're still getting acidity and the fruit flavor, but without the sweetness. Sure. So, you, you can get like IPAs that are super hoppy and do have that fruit-driven character, but
1: that, without, that, that, without yeah. the pleasure. Yeah. That's, yeah. I guess, yeah. So, for clarification, when, people, when we complain about craft beer on the, on the podcast, it's not a blanket you know, we should use it. We hate term. everything. It's not blank. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and man, wait to hear the next controversial topic. It's a doozy. Okay, wait. But, um, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, I mean, I, 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 we we don't. Of course, we are interested in in people pushing forward and 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 unique characteristics in, yeah. in in drinks. But I still also I love I love shit lagers. Yeah, I like. I'm not opposed to.
3: Like, if I'm at a barbecue with a bunch of people and someone offers me a, a lager that is a mass produced lager and it's a sunny day, I'm going to slam that back. <laughs> no problem. But would I go and buy it from a shop? Probably not. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, as you say, it's like a blanket. I hate I hate it all because who doesn't like a refreshing
1: beer on a hot day? <laughs> <laughs> so we've done um, guides to where to drink and where to buy mm. drinks, interesting drinks in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to put you on the spot, but besides Bar Liberty, where where would you be drinking, and also where do you, where would you buy some booze for yourself while you're in Melbourne? Where should um, you get up? I really love uh, the Tower
3: Mouse. I eat there quite a lot, uh, and then they've opened Ambler in the city now, mm-hmm. um, as kind of in the same camp as us. When they open, we call themselves a you know a wine bar, but then basically a restaurant. So sure. uh, the food's awesome and. Uh, boo selection's great, and they're starting to bring in some some really interesting booze. Uh, bottle shop-wise, there's a little chain in, in Melbourne called Black Arts and Sparrows, and they've got, I think, four or five stores now, and they're popping up uh, everywhere, which is really cool, and they push a lot of wine that, that we really love. That's cool.
1: There is like a, an actual, like an independent chain, or it's independent chain. Yeah, very, yeah, that's it's, what we need. Bring it's one, amazing. Bring that to Sydney. Like yeah, we, yeah, we have great, completely independent, one-off bottle shops. But I mean, do they? Is it black? Sorry, black arts and sparrows. Do they? Do they get further out towards the suburbs? Or is uh,
3: it... it's mainly uh, what would be further? furthest, probably Brunswick. Mm-hmm. We've got one in Brunswick, one in Collingwood, sort of the main sort of hotspots. But they've got a couple south as well, which is not an like an area that would traditionally enjoy that style of wine. Right, yeah. Like, oh. So put it this way, we'll never open a Bio Liberty south of the river. Right. Because everyone would fucking hate us. <laughs> it's like we I couldn't imagine the amount of complaints we would
1: get. <laughs> so I mean like it is kind of I mean you, you actually did use air quotes when you said natural wine earlier. Yeah. What do you prefer calling it? Uh it's it's such a f-
3: uh, Banjo's talking about putting labels on things yeah I know it's, it's, it's easier yeah I know it's easier because people like you
1: group it and that's how we talk about things but like you know I, I have to talk about these things every single episode yeah, yeah. and like, what, what, like how, how would you rather it get labelled
3: just wine it's just all wine. Wine. Yeah, but wine it's all made from grapes like yeah, right. All right. It's, all right. it's all natural isn't it
1: yeah and for like well no some of them are very oh okay right yeah, the terminology. yeah.
3: yeah. And for, for me putting that label on it is really difficult uh, when we work somewhere like Bar Liberty or uh, to an extent at Attica as well, uh, when you have people come in, that's as soon as you, they see you pour a wine that isn't quite... Uh, refined or... Ref- like refined or it's not quite clear straight away that, oh, that's a natural wine. And so I don't... big part of service here is not... Obviously not patronising people and trying to talk about it in like just open discussion. And I find it... Uh, much easier here than I did at Attica, where it's so formal. Like, yep. f- a f- it's, yes, it's a fine dining restaurant, but it's not as formal as some. But here you're able to have that conversation in in great length. And there's um, a lot of people that are, are willing to um, have that open conversation about it and uh, listen to what we have to say. Um, the problem, as Banjo said before, is like someone might have had one skin contact wine that they didn't like. So then they say, I hate all natural wine. And that's just like... It's almost
1: as bad as someone saying they hate all craft beer. Exactly. Ah. Every week on a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and,
3: and from a service perspective, it's really hard because I've poured wine here that, and I've explained it to what I've thought to a tea and what it's going to taste like. And then you pour it and they're like, that, that's not Australian Chardonnay. It says, it says Chardonnay. Why is it cloudy and tastes like cider? Right. It's like... Uh, like explain that didn't I or? yeah, yeah. No, it's,
1: I mean I like I only use natural wine because I have to talk about it frequently and yeah of course most yeah. people get it like I, yeah. I understand when you break it down terminology it becomes a bit more problematic and I understand yeah. why mm. you guys want to avoid labelling things for sure. Yeah. But like, it's the, the easiest way to figure out if I'm going to actually order something from a restaurant I've not been to yeah. wine list before that maybe I don't know too much about is do you have any natural wines? Yeah. And they either get what you're talking about or, or like, they don't. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, I used to ask for orange wines and they thought I was talking about wines from orange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the <laughs> problem with living in New South Wales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't have that problem uh, here. But yeah, I don't know, labels yeah labels like craft beer like natural wines they are they are helpful but they also are a detriment and this is this is the other thing like, like,
3: greater thing they represent craft beers uh, organic wine biodynamic wine you, you can fall under these and get the ticker of approval by someone with natural wine inverted commas again um, there's no governing body you there's no like certification so that's where the problem starts and when someone, as I said before, someone
2: sees a wine that's uh,
3: not different quite, quite Different people have different yeah. descriptions of it. Yeah, exactly. Like I have
2: winemakers come in here and like you just said, put yeah. a skin contact wine. Oh, I don't, I don't drink natural wine. Like it's, this wine could have been made with sulfur and from fucking a conventional vineyard. They've just employed one wine making technique, skin contact. And they're like, oh no, nah, this is a natural wine. Like right? there's so much argument between even people in the wine community about what, entails what it is a natural yeah. why that it's makes it confusing to discuss it with the with people hmm.
1: yeah sue and roger are like one of the few people that really are fine with the, the terminology so yeah. from our yeah. and yeah. Jesse, who we had on week four last um but no yeah it is one of those yeah trying to avoid labels but also trying to make it as easy as possible yeah, to, to, talk to about explain something. yeah yeah it's all hard. right next controversial topic oh, fuck. can you tell me somewhere good to eat in Perth <laughs> <laughs> how is that controversial <laughs> no one has an answer to that <laughs> well because we keep saying that uh, we're getting uh, angry complaints oh. from people who actually live in Perth and do good food who are these people who are these pe- Well, oh. they're going to be on a future Where are episode they? Of, uh, Fuck yeah. of, uh, are you going to Perth, of, uh, of, uh, of Perth. yeah they're going to be on Perth on Saturday Amazing. So, what,
2: uh, what uh, nice joints have I heard of
1: the, La La
2: Rook wine store do they do food I <laughs> no mafia
1: I think they do food
2: you know that joint no mafia. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll try Check and get that there. out. I've got,
2: I've, I've got. I'm. Restaurant Amuse. Okay. Shout out to Restaurant Amuse. Yes. What's his name? Uh, Hay and uh, Hayden. Uh, yeah, I know that guy. He, he used to come into Attica quite a lot. He's a nice guy. Amuse, chef. Yeah, yeah. Restaurant Amuse. Eh? I think you say Amu- a bit of, a, a bit like Barbrose. Eh? I think it's Restaurant Amuse. Right. <laughs>
1: hey. It's pronounced bar by the way. bar
2: <laughs> How's bar coping with the release of the Jacobs Creek Barossa Rosé, which is labelled as Barose? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Is it on the list? I'll have to ask is that if he Sydney? stops it. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he
1: needs to list it. It's you, a really good take, natural take, wine. Take a bottle you know, in, in for them. It's a natural rosé from Jacobs Creek. <laughs> Barose. Uh, I'm going to put all the uh, these, like... Terrible attempts at uh, recommending things in Perth. Again, it's like it's you know we, we are ignorant, but and unfortunately Perth is a, a very easy target to. Uh, yeah, I think
2: there's a place called Bluebird or Blackbird that's meant to be quite nice. That's where Jess Black, used to work. Blackbird, yeah, Blackbird. Yeah, yeah, that's meant yeah, to be quite yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever happened to Print Hall? Did that close? Print Hall closed now. Well, fine, so so now. Perth episode. We'll ask yeah, all these sized. questions. Yeah. You, got
1: any, you got any questions for Perth? While, while, while we are here. Oh, so far away, man. Oh, yeah. uh, long Chim. Yeah, yeah, Long Chim. Gym. there. that would be the best place to eat. Definitely. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Definitely. Right, go well, there. there. you go. Good health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, while we're talking about states, you know, you left Sydney six years ago. Yeah. What do you miss? Uh,
2: I miss the weather. Like, today's really beautiful in Melbourne. We're looking out the window here at the bar. We can see a few clouds, but it's mostly blue sky and sunshine. That happens about four <laughs> hours out of... 50 days in Melbourne <laughs> um, the weather is much more convivial in Sydney uh, the fact that it has beaches that you can actually go to and swim at and sit on uh, from a food point of view though no. ah sorry um, it's not the beach in <laughs> <laughs> should be it should be the summer edition <laughs> um, I think one thing we already touched upon and that's the, the lack of innovative mid-level kind of restaurants I think still the wine bar scene in Melbourne's got a bit of a way to go. Like, mm. there's a, cu- a couple of great places to go and drink in Melbourne, but
1: in terms of My, offering... Yeah, Michael listed a few of them for yeah. us. Ah, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: sorry, I was out of the loop. Um, what do I miss about Sydney food-wise?
1: GC's is the easy answer. GC's, yeah. Yeah, GC's is good.
2: GC's is exp- I went there it's like last year after uh, Rootstock and it was expensive, man. I had pippies and they charged me like $49 or yeah, something. Yeah. No, it's, it's an easy to run I, I was drunk run, though. Man.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whenever I go back to Sydney, I feel like I'm going to the same places. Mm. It's partially the people and it's partially the offering, you know, like a nice, relaxed, booze-focused vibe with tasty food. Mm. I think... Melbourne's still got a bit of a way to go to make that, uh, casual bistro with an interesting accessible wine list. Mm. There's a lot of, there's a lot more traditionalism in Victoria and, and that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. Cool. So I like the avant-garde approach that <laughs> people
1: at Bar Rose take to, to Rosé. <laughs> um, and, uh. As far as by Liberty, have you guys got anything uh, cool coming up that we we should talk about? Yeah, we just
2: yeah. Uh, we just did a cool collab with the guys at Black Pearl. Michael mentioned that we're hoping to to do a, a collab with the best Thai restaurant in Melbourne. It's called Jinda. I think Sydney Thai food is fucking yeah, streets right, ahead of what happens in Melbourne. But the the good place in Melbourne is called Jinda Thai. They're in Richmond. Uh, we had a couple of the crew here last night. And we sort of started the conversation. but We want to do a Thai food natural wine magnums
1: of Riesling cocktail kind of mm. night at the restaurant cool so I just, just realised I forgot to be diplomatic and didn't get, give you guys a chance to say what Melbourne does better than Sydney <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all you did <laughs> you, <do> you skipped
2: <laughs> over that nicely you can feel free to tell me <laughs> uh, what else are we doing cool
1: probably
3: yeah we're opening uh, another venue another venue oh wow <laughs> yeah hot scoop yeah uh, it here first. yeah so in, in about three weeks uh, we'll have another bar opening within Within the vent, this venue. It's not within the venue,
1: it's next door to the Next door. Oh, right. It's next door. Because I've never been up the stairs. Yeah. Is there oh, anything
3: upstairs? We've got a private dining room oh, that we just cool. finished as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it's another venue, uh, predominantly outside. Oh, uh, cool. Seating for about 30 people. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a couple of wines made for us. That so will
1: different food and drink offerings? What's the, yeah, what's the, so what's the vibe?
3: Com- completely different offerings. Good so, bags. Goon bags, Go honestly. Really? Oh yeah. wow.
1: <laughs> But like awesome booze. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, um, yeah. So we've got
2: Pat Sullivan from uh, Gippsland, and the perfect Australian wine to put in a goon bag. Exactly. Tom Belford from Bobar and the Yarra. Yeah, got yeah, some wine for us. We're going to put in a goon bag.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah, beer getting made for us as well. Um. And cocktail wise, it'll be a really strong sort of bottle cocktail focus that we'll be releasing when we when we open as awesome. well. That's great. Uh, and a uh, really strong stra- uh, snack menu from Casey it'll be a lot of fun just in time for for summer as well so
1: and is the goon coming out in bags or are you making boxes too
3: uh, we're gonna to do boxes yeah. Yeah, right. yeah I kind of love the idea of it, like a, a, a
1: flat goon bag on a plate <laughs> <seeing broken>. <laughs> 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 uh, we could explore that but no we're, we're getting some nice boxes to yeah, yeah. made up for us <laughs> it, when, can you reveal what it's called or no, no not yet, called, right. not yet man. S- stay tuned Warm Scoop. It's <laughs> <Warm. laughs> <laughs> a hot scoop. First, yeah. first person we've told, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. So that's in three weeks' time? Yeah, yeah, Maybe the slightly over. Yeah. The easiest way to find out more about that is to uh, follow Bar Liberty on the socials, which Absolutely. is
2: Bar. Liberty on the Instagram or just hit up www.barliberty.com.
1: And personal accounts if anyone wants to get even further in the hole? Oh, you can get in
2: uh, at Michael Peppy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, at Banjo HP, you can follow me at real underscore wines for my distro company or you can buy some cheap organic wine at the wine What, yeah, What,
1: what, what do you specialise in as a, as a uh, distributor?
2: Um, Eurocentric and we, we look after a few interesting Aussie guys Cobol Ridge out in Macedon uh, biodynamic growers of Chardonnay, Pinot and Shiraz out in Macedon here in Victoria uh, a, Vic, uh, a Victorian a uh, Western Australian winery props to Perth kind mm-hmm. of uh, <laughs> in Denmark about six hours south of Perth <laughs> actually um, but yeah a whole bunch of stuff from, from Europe as well some champagnes uh, Provence in France a cider German Riesling all from organic or biodynamic growers.
1: Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me in your restaurant on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, you can find the Mitchin online facebook.com slash the Mitchin, or send us an email to the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. Uh, angry, angry craft beer and Perth listeners don't worry we will be making making amends uh, with Perth and craft beer focus episodes coming up very soon uh, you can follow me online at L E V D A W G, and uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes please head over to the store find the Mitchin, and leave us a nice review thank you so much to uh, Michael and Banjo what, what are you doing I'm
2: gonna play fuck Donald Trump
3: yeah oh yeah it's very idea. fitting
1: I try not to talk about it today but you want to end on uh, YG's We said we weren't going to get political, so we'll let YG get political. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> last night when I was here, we racked up quite a, quite a bill and drank quite a lot. And um, woke up this morning with a big hangover and I realized maybe it looked like we were celebrating that Donald <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did a little bit.
3: Yeah, three quarters of people walked in here last night. We were fucking busy for like Wednesday nights, are so usually good for us. But last night was particularly good and everyone walking in is like... I want to drink yeah <laughs> it's like pen, pending doom
1: make, makes people want to drink I, yeah, I did get yeah. drunk enough that I forgot that he wanted <laughs> yeah <So laughs> you forgot this. that Ooh.
2: you were meant to come here at midday yeah. and where you were coming to <laughs> it's his <Yeah. Trump's> fault <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
1: it's already happening <laughs> oh god thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week cheers thanks guys bye it's the Mission
0: Podcast
1: Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to The Mitchin. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One of them is called Hey Fam and is about comedy and pop culture and dumb shit. The other one is called Serious Issues and is all about comic books. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at my website, yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support and see you next week.
3: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.